Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today on the show, NASA's Kat Kennedy returns for her third appearance on the pod. Oh man, the three-timer club. We love talking with Kat. All things space today, technology, futuristic stuff. I just, she's a great person to talk to. In this episode, she shares what it's been like training to work mission control at NASA. Mission control, how sweet is that? The significance of the James Webb Telescope. I've been hearing so much about this and how big of a deal it is, but uh, to better understand it, I wanted to ask her. So, so we talk about that, and we also talk about the compounding improvements of technology and consumer products in our lifetime. Very interesting. She's also a great follow on Twitter, at Ticatasaur2112. You can also follow this podcast on all the social platforms, subscribe on YouTube, Rich Convos on TikTok and Instagram, at Rich Convos Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Message us for any topics you'd like us to explore or guests that you think we should uh, have on that would be thoughtful and insightful. Now, let's launch into our discussion on space and the future. All right. Welcome to Rich Conversations. This I'm so excited for this conversation. This is the third time that she's been on the show. Kat Kennedy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I always love having these conversations. So Yeah. Why don't you uh, reintroduce yourself for listeners and viewers? Sure. Uh, so I'm Kat. Um, I work at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. Um, and I've been working here for about two and a half years. And recently, um, I moved from simulations to real-time operations. So now um, I'm training to sit in mission control. And um, yeah, I love cooking and reading and dinosaurs and plants. Um, if you notice, so I intentionally am drinking out of my dinosaur mug right now. Yes, the one that I used to have, and then it got destroyed in the dishwasher, but I noticed. <laughs> Did you see, uh, so my friend made, uh, made this nice thing for my birthday. That's super sick. I've been eyeing it. I'm like, I can't <laughs> talk about it. I'm, I'm very jealous. Uh, yeah, That's I got, amazing. so now I got a T-Rex skull art. Uh, something I'll probably get into more is like paleo art. I, I've always loved those like Charles Knight murals. You ever see those? Yes. Yes. Those um, do you follow on Instagram, Jimmy? I'm going to butcher his last name, Catanzaro. Kat I think it's Catanzaro. Uh, um, he did a Pachycephalosaurus for me, and he also did an octopus for me, for my brother. And he is his stuff is insane. He's featured on Tiger King. Sorry, just a small plug. He's amazing. <laughs> but he's a paleo artist. He's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. Is it pencil or pen or? Um... It's like watercolor. Oh, okay, that's sick. Yeah, very. Cool. I got these. Uh, got these fossils too from for uh, my birthday from my uh, my sister very and cool. her family. They're from what Portugal. They? They're fossils from Portugal, and okay. they're uh, this one is uh, <laughs> percopterus, okay. carbonic. 
See, I don't know if this is Spanish or if it's like science terms. Uh, Via Blino, España, Carbonico. This one is <laughs> Trigonia Lustinica, <laughs> Jurassico, Torres Vedras, Portugal. 10 out of 10 effort, you know? <laughs> I, I salute you. Um, but that's really cool. I, um, yeah, that's really cool. And happy belated birthday. I don't know when your birthday was. Oh, wait, no, I sent you a happy birthday. Never yeah, mind. you did. You did. I did. You remembered. Um, so I wanted Kat on, one, because she's great to talk to, uh, but also there's this news about the James Webb telescope I've been hearing about, so I want to pick her brain on it. Um, but why don't you tell me about like when you transition from where you were mm -hmm. in simulations to now, like training for uh, mission control, like how, when you got that, what was the experience when they told you, hey, we're moving you to this department? It was uh, it was freaking surreal. I so I have always, you know, wanted to sit in mission control when I was in college, people were like, what do you want to do after college? And I'm like, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Apollo 13, but the image that I have of Apollo 13 is Tom Hanks calls down to Houston and he's fatigued and he's like, I need someone to check my numbers for me. And you see like three people in mission control check his numbers and they're like, he's good. He's good. He's good. Uh -huh. And so I always tell people, I'm like, I want to be that person at NASA who like double checks the numbers in mission control. And so it's always in my goal. And so when I got hired at NASA, I was like, I'm good for anything. I will learn as much as I can, become an expert at it, and then, you know, try and see if I can transition to mission control. The timing was right. I applied and my lead at the time, <laughs> funny story, we're good friends now, but we had just gotten into a bit of a, a tip <laughs> okay. The morning, the morning of, and um, nothing had been announced yet. And he left and I was still on site and he texted me going, they want you for GC. And I was like, no, way. <laughs> and like, oh my God. And I couldn't tell anyone for, I think I found out in like late August and I had to have the interview, like the interview, right. Um, Cause they backfilled from there they didn't seek someone from outside they backfilled from inside okay and um as soon as he texted me that I walked out of my building and I called my parents and I cried <laughs> <laughs> I was like it's happening but um the feeling was surreal because it was like an immediate hit of like heaviness of like I just felt everyone that had come before me like all of the mm. history that I have always been looking up to, have been reading at, reading up uh, all of my um, idols. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to be working a alongside these people. And um, very much, uh, what's the word? Um, we talk about it all the time. Uh, imposter syndrome. I was like, okay. do they this is like my 18 year old self. I'm like, I still feel like I'm 18 going into this job. I'm like, do they, do they know who they just hired? Like, <laughs> I'm, this is great. They're they're You know, I beep in whenever I go in and I badge in and um, that was a horrible sentence, but um, I like badge in and put in my code 
And I'm just like, how did they, how did I get access to this? <laughs> like, this is crazy. You know? Do you um, like, every time you look around, every time you punch in, are you like looking around to see if like. I'm like, <laughs> where are the punk cameras? Like, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wild. And um, I don't think it's fully hit me. Um, but yeah, back to that day, it was just, uh, it was crazy. And I would go into like almost trance like states where I'm just like, holy cow, like all of I've been working towards like is like finally coming to fruition. And, um, you know, if I think about it too much, I'll just break down (laughs) in a good way. Um, but yeah, it was just surreal to answer your question. I know that was the roundabout way, but, uh, well, that's yeah. fantastic to hear. So, so what is, what is like your day-to-day like now compared to before? Um, well, I'm mostly home. So uh, before it was, once we got rolling with the pandemic, it was like one week on, one week off. Okay. Um, and we had a certain shift, right, per month. And I think we talked about that. And for the past year and a half, I've been on days, which is like 545, <laughs> which I loved. Um, and now it's like eight to four, which is like, this is like weekend time for me. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like I, oh my God, I get to sleep in. Um, but day to day, I'm mostly looking at PowerPoints and trying to learn as much as I can before the storm hits, um, (laughs) which is in late February, I start official training. And so now I'm just kind of shadowing people, um, trying to just absorb stuff. And uh, it's kind of like a limbo period. Um, But yeah, that's, so it's pretty chill for now. And I'm kind of getting tired of it, but I'm also like itching to, you know, get started, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So you're just, yeah. What, like, what is the, the learning material look like? Like, uh, how many of these PowerPoints, how many books, how many, um, how much reading material? Uh, am I allowed to cuss? Sure. Okay. Okay. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. Never mind. Um, (laughs) it is, it is, (laughs) it is, I thought about it. I was like, maybe not. Um, it is so much. It is, um, one of the things I talked to, to my lead, I think I had a meeting with him two weeks ago. He was like, so, so how's it going? And I was like, you know, uh, a lot of my ears. Excuse me, sorry. They're too big for my ears. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of it is like, I'll say 90% of it goes, flies over my head. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, I can be looking at a PowerPoint, you know, for an hour a day the entire week and I'll you know it'll be 35 slides and I will absorb 10% of it mm-hmm. um and so it's it's just I feel like I've been fire hosed with information <laughs> for the past two months um you know every time I go on site people talk to me as if you know I know what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> And for lack of a better word, and I'm just like, just trying to grasp at straws. And it's a really interesting experience to just, you know, not know a lot. And I know 
coming in the next two years, I, I will get a lot more information and I will absorb more. But right now I'm like, I'm starting at grand, ground zero, just trying to learn, um, uh, what's the word? Not Enneagrams, acronyms. Um, <laughs> Enneagrams. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so I like, my dad and I made like note cards of like 50 acronyms from like two PowerPoints. It's like, okay, let me at least just get the acronyms, you know? Um, so yeah, sorry. So I you're like, rant. so you're like locked, locked in. You have to be like super focused, right? For now or <laughs> for like two years right now, I'm kind of limboing, but yeah, I have to, you know, they have every, <laughs> they have me scheduled for something every week until September. And then in like a couple of months, they're going to fill out the, the rest of the year and of next year too. So okay. it's just like, okay. Um, okay. Hit so me. You, you're like not even in it yet, but you're, no. you're, you're about to. Yeah. The storm's coming. Yeah. You no, got like a, a tsunami storm. ahead of you. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm just trying really hard because I'm somebody um, who I love being busy. I love having yeah. work and goals and things to work forward to. And so for me, it's really hard right now to just be like, okay, just enjoy the chill time. <laughs> Cause <laughs> you're not going to have a moment like no. this for a while. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting period, but um well, I'm glad to hear. I, this is so cool to hear, and uh, and that thank you. You're like on your way to living your dreams. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited. Okay, so so something something that's like people have mentioned around me is this James Webb Telescope and yes. how big of a deal it is. Can you? I was like, well. Good thing I'm going to have someone come on from NASA because I, I just need someone to explain it to me in a way okay. that's just like simple to understand. Gotcha. What, what is okay. the James Webb Telescope and what is its significance? Okay, so do you know, are you familiar with Hubble? The Hubble Space Telescope? Yeah, yeah, I would okay. say. Um, so for those who don't know, Hubble is... Uh, a telescope that's in orbit. Uh, it flew with shuttle and it was, um, we could service it because it was in low earth orbit. Um, basically, if you look up Hubble pictures on Google, you'll come up with all of these galaxies and gorgeous pictures of space. Mm -hmm. um, so basically the James Webb Space Telescope is like Hubble on like freaking steroids. So the mirror on James Webb Space Telescope is six times bigger in area than Hubble's. So, um, and Hubble was pretty big. <laughs> so I, I don't know what the diameter is or whatever, but um, basically Hubble took pictures of space of things that were so far away that their light hadn't reached us. Um, mm. So James Webb um, is not going to be in low earth orbit um, it's going to be, I call it Lagrange, Lagrange, um, Lagrange point two, which, um, okay. 
<laughs> so we orbit the sun uh, and the moon orbits earth, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the Lagrange point is a point about 1 million miles opposite of the sun. So if we're in line with the sun, it's like the sun, earth, and then Lagrange point is like way out here. Okay. Right. So, um, and that's where we're placing James Webb. And so basically it's going to always be in line with earth so that we can talk to it and have it okay. deploy things and take pictures. Um, and it's going to be orbiting the earth at the, um, orbiting the earth, orbiting the sun at the same rate that the earth is orbiting the sun so that it's always in line, if that makes sense. Um, okay. And so the significance is, um, well, another point on the Lagrange point two is that uh, it uses very little fuel to stay there because it's kind of like a, it's like a parking spot in space. There's five of them. And so because of the gravitational force of the sun and of the earth, it can kind of just sit there and not use a lot of fuel, um, which is awesome. I didn't yeah. even know these things existed until it launched. <laughs> um, and so it's going to be looking and taking pictures of objects, galaxies, planets, stars um, that are so far away that it'll be looking at, I think it's like a few hundred million years right after the Big Bang, mm -hmm. which is like huge. So we're going to be looking at the first galaxies that ever formed um, and how they formed. And they kind of call it almost violent formations because um, they're going to be brighter than our star, our sun, and like looking at stars exploding into our planets and stars and galaxies that we know today. Um, so looking that far back is just like, it's going to be unreal. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of the James Webb Space Telescope. Uh, and it was in the works for about 25 years. So Whoa. everyone was like, yeah. And it was like, it kept getting pushed back, pushed back. And so finally for it to launch on Christmas, um, everyone was like, thanks. Thanks be to God. Jesus Christ. Like, oh my yeah. God. Um, so yeah, it's going to be wild when those pictures come out. Like, I'm so excited. So how, how long until we, we see like the first photos? I'm th it says six months after launch so i'm thinking like sometime early this summer it'll be like operational but um as for pictures i think i would think like the end of the year but i'm not sure okay. um okay. they haven't really estimated that i don't think so are we gonna hear like uh not leaked but just like little bits of information of like oh so we we see we we saw this like are there going to be like uh like teasers of like what we're <laughs> seeing uh you know i don't know i i there's a whole bunch of things that have to like like you know 600 things that have to get done in the next 6 months and so i i don't know i you know nasa is um what's the word uh for lack of a better word just public so it's like as soon as we get yeah. something like basically you have to release it so um okay. i'm not 
I'm not sure. I, I'm, yeah, it's just, I'm excited. And I think people are going to be like, you know, people, some people won't get it. They'll be like, oh, you know, the stereotypical, like, oh, we spent 10 billion on a telescope, like, eh. but, um, <laughs> which drives me nuts. But, um, but the people who do get it are, you know, it's for them. So. Yeah. How, how long, like, say, I don't know if it takes years, but like, for the general public to understand the significance of the James Webb telescope and what we'll eventually find? That's a good question because, you know, I always revert it back to the moon landing. You know, some people even today are like, what was the point of going to the moon? And, you know, you know, people sometimes just don't really, it's so sad. care about science and so it's like we could be doing the coolest crap in space and people are like or like I didn't know that was happening some people are like I don't even know that we had a space station you know and so it's just like okay well um I feel like it'll take a couple of good pictures for people to realize like okay I could use this as a screensaver I don't know (laughs) (laughs) um you know for the um that's my cynical self, but uh, I hope people realize the coolness of it. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is this is probably this is like a huge thing in our lifetimes, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, what would surprise sure. you? How how has your work influenced how you think about history and what you think about mm-hmm. the future? Um, okay, so thinking the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, so back in 2019, my dad and I went to the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing and they, they were they had pockets of celebrations everywhere, but we went out to California and I met Buzz Aldrin and Walt Cunningham and Charlie Duke who were all moonwalkers. And it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was my goodness, um, speechless. And basically um, they all got to talk at the end and just Buzz Aldrin talked about landing on the moon for the first time. <clears throat> and he said, you know, we did that back in 1969 mm-hmm. and it's now been 50 years and like obviously we've done Hubble we've done space shuttle we've done the ISS we've we have rovers on Mars and Buzz Aldrin is a big advocate for going to Mars um for people going to Mars and he was like but you know nothing compares to a technological advancement that we had to just go to the moon in the 60s you know you just think about like there was like no technology. (laughs) And so for like ISS, it's like, okay, these are all feasible things. These are feasible things to go land a probe on Mars. And he was like, we haven't really uh, done much in 50 years, you know, after that big spike of the moon and then, okay. And so being at NASA the past two and a half years and seeing SpaceX I don't know if you hear the jets. We're like right next to the jets flying over NASA. Um, Sorry, they're so loud. Um, 
being in NASA the last two and a half years and seeing, for instance, SpaceX being the first uh, private company to launch people and to refurbish their uh, rockets and capsules over and over again, um, to see Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic take civilians to space. To me, it feels like it's rising. I don't, I don't want to say exponentially, but that it's rising pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And so I see it's like, okay, the past 50 years, we've done some really cool stuff, but I feel like it's, it's rising and we're off of the plateau, if that makes sense. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's how I see it. Um, yeah. And I feel like things are picking up pretty fast. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting way to frame it. It's almost like, <clears throat> cool, we did this. And it took a lot to do this yeah. one thing, right? <laughs> and we've just been like learning and like testing the waters and just like kind of getting down, building on the foundation that we created and Mm -hmm. through not just like space exploration and technology, but like technology that has like exponentially, it keeps like compounding even outside of this realm of science that it's like helped elevate this like learning. And now we're like at this, like almost another launching point. Yes. For sure. For sure. A nice metaphor. Um, Yeah. And I hope, you know, with Artemis, which is the next Apollo around the corner, it's like, okay, all right. Is this our next, like you said, launching point. And I hope it, it kind of busts open and it's like, and it doesn't, I hope it doesn't slow down. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's, this is like a really interesting point of like human history, I feel. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and we're like young at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, in a number of different fields, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Um, what would you say to the person kind of like bouncing off of that idea we're exploring our curiosity as humans and exploring what's out there what would you say to the person who finds it ridiculous that we spend like 110 billion on a telescope (laughs) um i don't i guess My goodness. I I don't know. I I think I would just say look up, you know, and and I I don't want to generalize these people <laughs> or like people who, you know, don't see the value in um space flight or any of that. But I I think sometimes I've noticed Um, the people who are like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You know, we have so many problems here on earth. Um, Don't realize the amount that 
spaceflight has kind of brought us to the people on the on the ground or to, to Earth. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but there are entire volumes of books that lay out exactly what NASA and spaceflight has brought. <laughs> so it's like memory foam mattress. Let me take that away. Uh, <laughs> GPS, uh, you know, give me your phone, uh, a phone with a camera, you know, LASIK eye surgery. And so, and all of these things, I know a telescope can't bring us LASIK eye surgery, right? But it's kind of a branch off of that idea of like, okay, well, to be able to look in, I feel like we need to look out a little bit. And if we don't know our place in the universe, it's harder to have a perception of what matters most. Mm. Does that make sense? And so it's like, okay, well, if we, we think that the earth is it and there's nothing outside and the moon is made out of cheese, um, then then let's always have war (laughs) you know what i mean let's always have to kill each other and all that stuff so that's how i look at it anyway but how much uh collaboration is there between countries right now in space exploration well a lot so for the james webb space telescope i want to say it was like 12 to 15 countries um that put it together um, it launched in French New Guinea, which is in South America. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used an ESA, which is a European Space Agency rocket to launch it. Um, as for the International Space Station, it's it's about the same. I, w- I want to say, oh, don't quote me on this, upwards of 10 countries, um, but only some countries have astronauts. So some people are like, oh, just because um Austria doesn't have astronauts doesn't mean that they didn't help the ISS right um so right now it's it's a lot Mm. a lot of countries what I mean obviously we're talking about the the telescope but like what other like new technologies within Mm -hmm. your field are you like really excited about um I don't know if it would be a, like a technology, but definitely the SLS rocket, which is what's going to take us back to the moon. It's uh, the space the space launch system, um, and it's bigger than the Sat- Saturn V, which took the Apollo astronauts to the moon. And the Saturn V is huge. Um, I don't know the correct length in feet, but it is it's huge. Um, and the space launch rocket, space launch system is much bigger than that. And um, I'm just really excited to see it fly. So we haven't, they've stacked it and it's supposed to fly for an uncrewed mission around the moon sometime in the spring. I'm not allowed to say a date, um, <laughs> but- um, NASA secrets. <laughs> it's uh, classified, you know, um, and it's, I'm just really excited to see that happen because we haven't done that. We've gone to Mars, um, but for us to go back to the moon, I'm excited to see that rocket fly. So I don't know if that's a technology, but kind of. What, 
what planet are you most curious about? Well, my heart has always loved Pluto, even though people, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson says it's not a planet, but I've always loved Pluto. Um, other than Pluto, Saturn. Saturn's my favorite. Why is that? Um, be I just think she's beautiful. Like, um, fun fact, did you know that Saturn and Jupiter can float in a bathtub if there is a bathtub big enough but um really yeah because they're gas giants so they're like you know we're heavier than sad saturn neptune uranus and jupiter i believe are the four gas giants but um yeah saturn would be my a close second or first if pluto isn't a planet so yeah, what so it's considered like a moon then or uh Pluto? Yeah. If so it's not it's a planet, what is it? It's considered a dwarf planet. Um, but some people argue there's this outer rim of our solar system called uh not sorry. It's called the Kuiper Belt. K-U-I-P-E-R, Kuiper Belt. And so some people are like, it's just um, an object of the Kuiper belt, but because it has an orbit, people are like, no, 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 but it it's a planet. Um, but yeah, that's it's a huge uh, controversy, I guess. It still is. To me, it's a planet, but yeah. to other people, it's just like an outward Kuiper belt object. So. If there was an event say like uh, an asteroid hitting Saturn, would Earth be affected or feel any wave from it at all or? I don't think so. Um, so Saturn, because it's a gas giant, astrophysics people don't come for me. I would think that an asteroid would just get like kind of absolved into it um, because, yeah. I mean, not like absorbed, but like, it's like a ghost. If you have a ghost and it kind of like goes through it in a way. Yeah, <laughs> I would think people would be like, she works at NASA. Um, but I would think it'd be different if it hit like Mercury, which is like okay. a rock, a, a rock planet. Yeah. Um, I think if something were to knock Saturn off of its orbit, it would disrupt us somehow because it's so big i would think yeah like like how interconnected is earth to the other planets in our solar system that's a really good question i know um in college i studied <laughs> i tried to study uh uh relativity general relativity for my senior research and i butchered it but i learned a lot and um so if you think of planets on a blanket, so if you have a blanket okay. and you have different objects on that blanket, um, mm -hmm. so let's say a bowling ball versus a golf ball, bowling ball is going to have more of a curvature to the blanket if it's taut, right? <clears throat> and if you think of the bowling ball as our sun, um, that curvature is its gravitational field, right? And then mm -hmm. if you have the golf ball, let's say is Mercury, it's going to have, you know, a lighter one, but these gas giants, because 
They're made of gas. I don't think they have a very huge curvature because their mass isn't heavy, if that makes sense. Um, but as far as interconnected goes, I think it's a very delicate like ballet balance where it's like, okay, if one goes, something's gonna happen to the size of our orbit or maybe how fast we rotate and stuff like that. Um, I would think. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Will we find will we find out that answer through the the telescope? I would. You know that answer might still already be out there, and I just don't know it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's going to take pictures of our solar system. I think it's more focused on outward stuff. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, something I'm curious about is, uh, so our sun has so much energy, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're trying to figure out renewable energy here on earth. Is there like ever a point where we can like send stuff closer to the sun, absorb its energy, and then like zap it back to earth and That's then great. have like in- infinite electricity and power? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, that's a really good question, though. These are hard questions. Um, no, I've got some questions. of these questions are a little bit off the questions that, that I sent you. <laughs> I know, I'm like, we didn't plan for this. <laughs> um, no, but uh, but yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. I think we'd have to ask an astrophysicist. Okay. If that's possible. Get an astrophysicist <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> So like what something I'm curious going more on like a personal level, is there like a piece of like a a technology device that is your favorite or that you use most in your everyday life? Um, I can get pretty basic. (laughs) I kind of get, okay. So I recently bought these AirPods, I guess that's one. Um, And they kind of blow my mind. Uh, I feel old when I get my mind blown by technology because I'm just like, oh, wow, like we had floppy disks. Um, but I, I don't know. I think AirPods, I also think on a really, really basic level, um, this is not exciting at all, but uh, I recently bought, <laughs> this is so lame. I recently bought a hair dryer, but it was a hair dryer brush in one. And I was like, why did we take so long to build this? <laughs> that it like brings me such joy to like not use two hands blow drying my hair. Huh. It's yeah. How does I'm sorry it... if that wasn't the answer that you were expecting, but well, I'll blow dry my hair, but I use mm-hmm. one one hand, right? And then like, like that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But like blow drying and then like brushing at the same time. Oh, yeah. Versus this one, it's a brush that blows out hot air. And it's just like, it took us, how long have blow dryers been around? I don't know. It took us like 80 years to build this. Come on now. We're talking about like all the NASA technology and then it's (laughs) like. Like the, the like as seen on TV technology that's like blowing your mind. <laughs> it's 
it's a, it's the small things okay so how are the how are the the airpods um i mean you I sound like you them. sound great with them okay awesome um i have really small ears and so they came with like i only got them because i had like credit card points and it was free and i was like okay um i'm usually an over the ear person but uh they my boyfriend has them and I was envious so I got them too <laughs> um they came with tips like large small medium and I put the smaller tip on and it's like they still fall out of my ears so um but they have noise cancellation which is pretty cool for like an ear pod yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool um and not having to like deal with the wires is, is, it's nice it's convenient you know, I, my phone was stolen because of the wires on my, uh, my, my, I, I headphones or what, what do you call them? Your, your phones. Okay. So I was in, so I was in Paris and, mm-hmm. uh, I was taking the train to Versailles and mm-hmm. up until this point, I really didn't listen to like music in public commuting. Cause I like to be like, aware or like read a book or something like that and i'm like you know what i'm on i'm on like vacation like a working vacation i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to music so one time (laughs) so until this point because i had heard that there's some pickpocketing that happens in paris so i would keep Mm -hmm. my phone in my pocket in my jeans my front pocket okay but this time i was like because it was going to be so quick i took the phone put it in my coat pocket and then i was searching through my uh my like inside pocket for my my earphones and then so I get them out and I have to like untangle them (laughs) and by the time I have it untangled I put them in my ear and then I reach for my phone and it's disappeared it's It's disappeared so I'm like looking around like what's it wait a minute like what just happened (laughs) and uh my god yeah so then I had to go to the like file report and stuff like that so then uh the rest of the trip I didn't have a phone but it was uh it was the universe all- saying yeah you should be present <laughs> yes and uh i if i had like airpods i don't think it would have got stolen cuz the amount of time it takes to untangle all these wires yes when i was um living in new york i i had the earphones and um well for a while and then my brother was like you need to open the ear but i would always put my phone and wrap and then mm. put it so that I wouldn't have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a big thing. Uh, do you remember iPods? iPods, I would always do that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dang. I had the little shuffle, the iPod shuffle. I, I always hated the shuffle. My brother really? got a shuffle once. I was like, uh, this is, I, I hope no one steals this idea before I can execute it. But I want to do a. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, well, I, if I say it on air, then it's like out there. People are a snatch. Yeah. I have, I have some things that I'm thinking about. Um, I think it's really interesting in our lifetimes, like the technology, like in consumer products alone of like the evolution of where we've been. Yes. I was, well, I watch a lot of, not a lot. I watch trash TV from time to time. And um, 
just watching like cable and the commercials the other day I was thinking I was like how do these car companies like Chevy Ford like every year come out with a better version and you always just feel like you're behind and just like I thought my car was really cool and then two years later you're like what okay that one's really you know it's just like I feel like I'm constantly having to catch up um or like the iPhone I before I changed to I don't even know what kind I have 11 10 I don't I don't know um I had the eight for a while and with the home screen and I was like shamed for having the home screen. I was like, it's the same thing. <laughs> I yeah. don't care. Like, <laughs> I experienced that recently. My friend Felipe, he gets a new phone like every six months. And he's making fun Jeez. of me because uh, I had the iPhone 8. And he's like, but then he'll be like, real talk, though. You're making all these videos and stuff. You, you should get a, a better one. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so now I have the 13 mini. And it is like night and day difference. Uh, like, look at this. So maybe I I it's have like, a mini, but I don't know. Oh, maybe I have another one too around here. Where is it? So what I've been thinking more about is using these devices uh, more creatively, mm-hmm. and because it's it's really a like a beautiful piece of technology and a device. So you don't yeah. necessarily have to have it attached to data because now they all have Wi-Fi built into them. It's That's like true. you can use them for different things. I wonder if I have a... But my sister gave me her old like iPhone 7, iPhone 8. But the mm-hmm. technology compared to the two is just like, I can't even use this. Yeah, it's, it, it is night and day, which is crazy for them to do to us no I, I don't think it's crazy it's very within their means too but it's it's they're doing it on purpose so that we feel the need to be like oh that's so outdated like I have to upgrade yeah. you know it's like I won't but it's I interesting did, but... like each one it's not that big of a difference but then if you go like eight to 13 it's like a giant leap you know yes yes for sure I mean the, I mean not the home screen. I know I was saying home screen, but the home button. Yeah. Having the home button is like from the 90s now. Yeah. Something that uh, blew my mind was uh, like these these flash drives and like externals. <laughs> this is 64 gigabytes. That the just, size of my me. thumbnail. That's yeah. crazy. I don't like those because I feel like I'll lose them. Yeah, I've, so fast. I've almost lost this one. But it's it's like, and then external hard drives. I have like a, a four terabyte one and it's halfway, it's already like halfway used. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading this book called The Information right now. And it's about like mm-hmm. the history of information and like in the 19, like late 1940s, um, like how the technology being able to like measure information became possible. Okay. So then yes. like, okay. then you have like this, uh, I'm only on like the first chapter, <laughs> but this Is guy, it dense? it's very dense. 
Uh, let me let me show you it. Like, look at so this is the information. <laughs> it's like a textbook. It's uh, it is. It is. Uh, She's thick. So Claude Claude Shannon seems to be a big name. Are you familiar with that person? Mm-hmm. They talk about how like Alan Turing would have okay. like lunch with him. These are like when they were like young. Okay. Like, uh, in the long run, history is the story of information becoming aware of itself. Some wild stuff in here. I'm I'm excited to keep reading this. It is quite dense. From the printing press came new species of information organizers, dictionaries, cyclopedias, almanacs, compendiums of words, classifiers of facts, trees of knowledge. Hardly any information technology goes obsolete. Each new one throws its predecessor into relief. But what's... uh, something I'm curious about. So we have all this information mm-hmm. and we're able to measure information. And now with our like devices, information is always, we're getting information overload. We have information fatigue, anxiety, and glut. We have met the devil of information overload <laughs> and is impish under a lining. Oh my God. Uh, the computer virus, the busy signal, the dead link, and the PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, the future is like information and technology, and uh, just having a better understanding of like the history of it is something I'm exploring right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, I, when I, I was given a tour of, the back rooms of mission control last week and i saw some of the i went into like mission control server room which was wild but it was it was (laughs) yeah it was it was i saw some of the old some of the stuff um let me finish a train of thought uh i don't know what it's called but the timing services basically that link up with military time so there's like an entire server for that if that makes sense um so that uh we can command to station because if we don't have correct timing it's like we can't command but um it was like the computer that was in the server was like an ibm white monitor like I, i was like are you for real and um you know, they were telling me, they were like, yeah, you know, we have all these servers, but back in the 60s, it was like one computer could fit in this room. And yeah. it's like, like you said, with the with the thumb drive where it's like everything is just getting condensed, which is just crazy. Yeah. So you take take this right here, which has 64 gigabytes. And this is probably like four or five years old. So it's like the amount of information that can fit into something smaller what can you do with that i suppose it's like your iphone how much technology is in the iphone or Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just it's it's uh it's very fascinating to me 
Yes. I mean, we got to the moon in 1969 with as much more, more capability than, I mean, with less capability than an iPhone. Yeah. Which is like, and now we have it in the palm of our hand. Yeah. A few years later, but you know. Do you ever think about that? How, like, how much power relative to uh, other people in history we have just, like, access to in our hands and what we do with it individually uh, is fascinating, isn't it? Yes. I I definitely thought about it when uh, I was teaching a few years back and, like, the I was teaching middle school and I was just like, y'all, like, we had a family computer. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, y'all have a computer in your hand. And it's just, it's um to see the gap in generation of like, oh, you're brought up with, oh, I can just, you know, I don't have to have dial up take 10 minutes to get Google up, you know? Yeah. It's like I can just type it into my phone or like, um, yeah. Do you remember T9 texting? Yeah. On like a flip phone? Yeah. I'm like, now it's, you know, you have full keyboards. Like, it's just like the small yeah. thing. Just, just like. And so when you look back at a generation or a couple generations, and then you look back, you know, to people in the 20s, where it's like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Or maybe in the 1800s, like the Pony Express. <laughs> yeah. You ever think about how quiet the world was? for most of human history? Yes, 100%. I were binging Survivor and I thought about that yesterday. I was like, how how peaceful must it be? <laughs> like, yeah. to just not have media constant, you know? Yeah, and like, it'd be, I'm sure like the, the village gets together. I, I, this is something I'm curious about too, is like how often during like, Let's see, before maybe the agricultural revolution, even no, even within then, when their societies are more organized, how often did they have like parties and get togethers and festivals? Was it like once a month? And then like one person in the village could play on a type of instruments and it'd be like, whoa, this is so (laughs) crazy. This is so beautiful. Like, uh, okay, I haven't thought about that, where it's like you hear music like once a month. Yeah, because yeah, you have nothing recorded. Even very, uh, very recent, say like the Renaissance of like parties and be a huge deal if you could have people on court playing mm-hmm. instruments. Uh, just the life that it brings. And there's like this intertwinement of music and humans as a species. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about. I always think of uh, on the flip side of that. It's like you have such a peaceful life without media or what we think is peaceful because you're not bombarded with all these platforms, I guess. But then (laughs) the brutality of that time where it's just like, it it was so brutal. Like, So so brutal. Like, I, in college, I, I took a couple classes on the Middle Ages because I was obsessed. I love yeah. that time period. And I um, watch I watch like videos on castles like every night. <laughs> I'm still obsessed with medieval. I 
Love it. I have you ever read Timeline by Michael Crichton? No. Oh, it's great. Um, I won't say anything. It was also made into a movie. The movie is good, but obviously the book's better. Um, it's so good. Total middle eight middle ages. Uh, yeah, you got to read it. But um, yeah, I like totally romanticize about the middle ages or romanticize the middle ages. But I like in reality, I'm like. If I'm, if I'm going back, I'm not going back unless I'm royalty. Like, <laughs> there's no yeah. way. There's no way. And I, even literally, I think about this all the time. It's like what you compare your life to can, can help or hurt you. Like, if you're comparing your life now to, like, <laughs> billionaires, you're like, oh, well, I'm poor. But then if you compare it to, like, Say Louis the 14th. We were talking about Louis the 14th. We went to the art institute yesterday with some friends. So and I'm like, so like Louis the 14th had like everything during that time. But yet like not air conditioning. Like he had everything you could have had in that time. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. he today would be a, a pauper compared yeah. to what I have in my own apartment. You know, it's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's a great way to look at it. Yeah, the and hygiene. just like the hygiene and food, like think about the food, like a lot of these wars and everything going on in the world was often fought over like materials and like spices <laughs> and like food and the Silk Road, like <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, do I have? Oh, this is. Yeah, after I get through the information, I want to read Silk Roads. Jeez, you have you you have a problem. You I need do. To, I can't. I to pause I, the thrift book. You should. This isn't thing. even like you haven't even seen it. It's like I have stacks of books right here. Uh, I have two like uh, what do you call it? Crates, crates or totes full over there in my closet gosh they're just like it's like uh you know you see old houses being like taken over by vegetation and vines that's what like books are like (laughs) overpowering my bedroom (laughs) but i get i well i'm like building my own personal library so now i have access to uh i still like physical books over 100 percent digital I will never get a Kindle. Sorry. At a certain point, like being on a screen for so long can't be good for your eyes or health, right? No, no, I don't. That's why. Yeah, no, I have I have to get better at using blue light glasses because I see it like even at work where I'm just like, I can't anymore. It can't be. Do Do you ever think about how like. As the human species we evolved but we didn't evolve necessarily for like some of the technology that we have and the screens and like like i think it happened too fast yeah like it's happening it's happened so fast that like biologically like evolutionary like we're not equipped no to handle this no i think maybe 
a hundred thousand years from now, maybe, you know, we'll come out with like glasses, like in our eyes or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> what, what do we, what, what do we not know that people in the future will look back and be like, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Cause like, I think about that because well, not to our time period, but I think about, you know, the middle ages and I'm just yeah. like, they had fight to the deaths. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And then here it's just going to be like, you ate bananas. Like watch it be something like that. <laughs> yeah. And the way we use, yeah, that's what I'm curious about too. Like what, um, I love this book by Chuck Klosterman, mm-hmm. but what if we're wrong? And it looks at the present as if it were the past. Oh, and no. it's like, we obviously look at people from like the early 1900s and we're like, you know, they had the you- science up until that point And they're like, oh, we know so much. We're at the pinnacle of human existence. And we're like, you guys are kind of a joke compared to what we Idiots. have. <laughs> and like in the future, people are going to say that about us. And it's like, what things can we identify right now that people in the future will look back and be like, what? I don't know. That's such an anxiety inducing book. I, I feel like we don't have that. We can't have that scope on ourselves. Right. Because I feel like if we did, we'd be light years ahead. Right. Well, we kind of have to like ask those questions, don't we? Like, yeah, uh, but, but, but I don't know if we have all of the answers. Does that make we sense? won't have the answers till years from now. I know that's why it's like we can ask those questions, but like we can't, we can't, um, I guess, knock some stuff out where it's like, don't eat the bananas, you know, because we won't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's more biological or more like the technology itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm believing more and more that. That like you should only use the internet very intentionally and very specifically. Like, don't go on it if you don't have a clear intention of how you're going to use it at this moment. Um, I think maybe even like fit, like who's to say in like 15 years? <laughs> I'm like going off of this, like who's okay, to say okay. like people 15 years from now look at people, how we're spending our time on our phones and being like, how did they not see that all these things and being bombarded with information is going to make everybody more anxious and more like, uh, yeah. Like, how mean, do they I, not see that this was going to be a problem? <laughs> I feel like, okay. I feel like for that one, we do because it's always just like, Oh, I got to get off my phone. And people already see that as like uh, a bad connotation, you know, a negative yeah. thing. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of it. It's just like, oh my God, I just spent like 30 minutes on TikTok. And then it makes, I can tell that it makes my, um, it's like the goldfish thing, your uh, span just like fly. And it's just like, okay, yeah. I don't want this. But it's and I being, feel, sorry, it's like intentionally built that way. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to go off, but uh, you see it. I always, I think Stephen Sondheim said uh, Broadway reflects what the country is like. And so I see 
movies in that sense where it's like okay and no I, no, no judgment for anyone who watches any type of movie I love movies but you can tell movies that are made for people who are on social media a lot or like for their attention span to be like I need I, I, I can't stand a 10 minute dialogue scene I need blah 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 blah, blah. or like I can't do Tarantino because all he does is dialogue and it's like I need explosion 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 Mm. And it's just, it's, that's how I see it. It's very, it's very interesting to watch. This is like a whole nother conversation, but <laughs> like, but like, uh, something that fascinates me is like more and more an individual is able to decide if they want to spend more time in like the digital world or the physical world. And the digital world or the, I don't know the right terms for these things, but like in virtual reality, when that comes a thing, you can like, I don't know. Transcend. It's (laughs) some, like we were saying earlier in the conversation, it's like, we're kind of at this launching point of Mm -hmm. um, kind of like the human species with technology, everything's compounding. And we're like, it seems like we're at this transition of like the analog world and now like this new like world that humans are interacting in. I don't know. Yes. It's a little daunting, but I think, you know, with everything there, there's good things and there's bad things. (laughs) Right. Just depends on how we use it. Like you said. Yeah. So I think it's really important to, uh, to like take the time to reflect on like how individually you want to interact with these things. Mm-hmm. Intentional time. I've been, you know, everything has a loop in this conversation, but I, I've been real big on intentional time. It's like, okay, I'm going to read for 30 minutes and then I'm going to do this. And it's like very, and yeah. not just like slugging through the day. Um, at least for me, it makes me feel better about my time. And that's phone some, usage. Yeah. That's something I, I learned recently about myself is like, I hate sitting in my apartment and reading. I hate it. So I haven't been, I haven't been uh, reading as much as usual, like pre COVID because I was always on the go and I would just have a book and I would be like, oh, I'm meeting with this person. Oh, I'll, I'm like a half hour early. I'll just read or I'm on the train and I'll just read or like. But now I, 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 I get like tired, just like sitting in my apartment reading. It's so That's boring. The age, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, oh my gosh. No, I love, I mean, I, sometimes I'll go outside and read to get some, some sun, but uh, yeah, if I have a good book, I can just curl up on the couch and read all day. Yeah. And that's productive <laughs> to me. It is. It is productive in many ways. Uh kind of like medicine in a way it's kind of like reading is healthy that way Mm -hmm. um but to kind of wrap up this conversation what what's something you're excited for in the next six months um i I am hopeful for the pandemic right um because all of these some of my favorite bands are like coming to town so i'm hopeful for that um 
just like it just feels like a good year you know like you said at the beginning mm. i was just like i i have been having a really good time this year not that last year sucked or anything but um just feels like i have more of my life together <laughs> so in the next six months especially for work too i'm excited to learn and to um go through boot camp and go through all of those things and get more of a knowledge of what I'm going to be doing at work. But um, yeah, I'm just excited, period, yeah. about everything. 2022. This is going to be a great year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And try and read more this year. I was in a slump last year, so I hope I can get the ball rolling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, part yeah. of three timer club now. It's, <laughs> it's excited. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I love these conversations. You're great to talk to. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Kat on Twitter. She's a great follow at Ticatosaur2112. Have a perspective expanding rest of your day. Take a look up at the stars and appreciate our existence.